This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 50 degrees at 904 southwest wind at 9 miles an hour. Makes it feel about 4 degrees cooler. The forecast for today, partly sunny, a 40% chance of mainly afternoon showers, high in the mid-60s. The National Weather Service earlier this morning put out a hazardous weather outlook, not for today, but they are giving a heads up that areas of frost are possible for Thursday night into Friday morning and caution that a frost advisory may be needed down the road. Getting word from the Village of Johnson City about some travel issues, Avenue A and Helen Street are scheduled for paving today. Avenue A, Helen Street, and Laurel Street closed to all vehicles to facilitate that project. You know, if you live in the Johnson City or travel through Johnson City, the roads definitely need it. Plan your travel accordingly. Once again, that's Avenue A and Helen Street being paved. Also, Laurel Street affected by that today. WMBF First News Time. 905. A Johnson City man is recovering from injuries after he was attacked in his home. Johnson City police say the 27-year-old was shot in the torso after several people forced their way into his Endicott Avenue home around 1130 last Tuesday night. Detectives say they believe the man was assaulted by several intruders who then stole items from another person before fleeing. Police say they arrested 23-year-old Destiny Klein Hill Friday at her home in the town of Shenango in connection with the attack and two more suspects were detained by a Broome County Sheriff's deputy responding to a report of a suspicious vehicle on Daniel Drive in the town of Shenango early on Saturday. Authorities say the deputy was aware of the occupants of that car. 21-year-old David Van Patten and 20-year-old Justice Mariburga were wanted in connection with the Johnson City shooting. All three suspects are charged with felony attempted murder, burglary, and robbery and were sent to the Broome County Jail. Johnson City Police say more arrests are expected. Residents throughout the region should be cautious about people who claim to be from any utility or specifically, in this case, the electric company. Ithaca police are investigating several burglaries where a person identifying himself as a New York State electric and gas worker is suspected in break-ins at buildings and cars on North Cayuga Street. Shortly after 10.30 a.m. Monday, authorities say they were alerted about a possible burglary in the 100 block of North Cayuga. Police reportedly found evidence that someone forced their way into an unoccupied building in the area. Several items were reportedly stolen from that location. Additional accounts indicated at least one vehicle in that same area of Ithaca was accessed illegally. Meanwhile, authorities were alerted to a person who had identified himself as a NYSEG worker in order to get into other buildings. The suspect is described as a slim man, standing about 5 feet 8 inches tall with dark hair. He was wearing a red shirt, dark pants with a white stripe, and a hard hat that had K-O-N-E, cone, printed on it, with a gray scarf or head covering underneath. Surveillance photos show a man matching that description with a blue bicycle with those curved racing handlebars, wearing a gray backpack. He had yellow-brown Nike shoes and appeared to have thin, scruffy facial hair. New York State Electric and Gas workers carry identification and will provide a supervisor's name for verification. They don't show up for inspections or other field work on bicycles. Anyone with information can contact the Ithaca Police at 607-330-0000. Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram is announcing plans to make Memorial Bridge more 
memorable with a major upgrade. And that involves reducing the lanes of motor vehicle traffic by half. Officials are in the process of coming up with designs to make the span that was erected in 1925 in memory of those who served in the four branches of the military in America's wars safer and more attractive to pedestrians and cyclists. Designs include dedicated bike and pedestrian lanes, new lighting, green space landscaping, and seating. Binghamton is to hire a team of civil and traffic engineers and landscape architecture professionals to come up with a final design. The city says right now an average of 14,500 cars cross Memorial Bridge with over 100 pedestrians recorded at the intersection of Washington Street and North Shore Drive during peak travel hours. The span is the terminus of the Brandywine Highway, otherwise known as Route 360. Where cars are supposed to slow from 40 miles an hour or more to the city's maximum speed limit of 30 miles an hour as the road becomes Riverside Drive on the west end of Memorial Bridge. But it's still a four lane road and a lot of cars don't slow down. Supporters say the new designs and aesthetics of the bridge could also help slow traffic and enhance safety in that area. Funds for the design project are included in this year's proposed budget that was presented to City Council earlier this month. WMBF News Time 909. Hey, business. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast partly sunny today, 40% chance of afternoon showers, high in the mid 60s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a 30% chance of showers, low in the upper 40s. Partly sunny Wednesday, 60% chance of showers, high in the low 60s. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high near 50. Now, heads up for Thursday night into Friday morning. The National Weather Service is cautioning there is a chance of frost for Thursday night with temperatures getting into the 30s. Friday, sunny, a high in the mid-60s. Saturday, partly sunny, high in the upper 60s. Currently, it's 50 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9, where news breaks first. News Radio, 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio, 1290, This is how it begins. Good morning, Tuesday, September 27th. 2022, Bob Joseph on the air, ready to ask a few questions, prepared to hear a few appropriate answers. We're here for you at News Radio, WNBF 607-772-1290. You can also email the program, bob at wnbf.com. And there is good news this morning because there are strong indications that inflation is continuing to trend down. Lower prices at the pump. Lower prices at the grocery store. Lower prices for everything you love. Anyway, that's what we're hoping for, and hopefully that uh, trends will accelerate. The only thing 
think we uh, all are painfully uh, looking forward to is uh, the winter. We'll call it the winter of our discontent. Good news is the winter won't start for another three months, although um, heating season sort of underway. Oh, well. Oh, well. As far as how you're going to um, be able to afford to heat your home, I'm not really clear how <laughs> how that'll happen. I I don't know. Maybe they'll have more programs to help people pay their heating bills this year because it appears that is going to be necessary. Checking our favorite local news website with real local news for you, uh, WNBF.com. Big local story. For some reason, there was a shooting in Johnson City. You never know what the real story is, why any thoughtful person would shoot at someone else, but evidently that's what happened in Johnson City with a 27-year-old man being shot His name hasn't been released. He was taken to Wilson Medical Center after a home invasion on Endicott Avenue. And according to the police, three people now are charged with attempted murder, including a 23-year-old woman from the town of Shenango. She was arrested at her home on Prescott Road. Two other suspects were detained by a Broome County Sheriff's deputy who was aware that they were being sought in connection with last Tuesday's shooting in Johnson City. Sheriff's deputy was sent to check out a report of a suspicious vehicle. Suspicious vehicle on Daniel Drive in the town of Shenango. And it turns out the occupants of the vehicle... A 21-year-old person and a 20-year-old person were taken into custody by village police officers and detectives. So all three of the suspects now have been charged with attempted murder, robbery, and burglary. So they were arraigned in Central Broome County Jail. And Johnson City Police said more arrests are expected. You can see that story. All the relevant details, the names of those who've been charged on WNBF.com. And we'll see. We'll provide further information about the home invasion. For some reason, they stole stuff. That's another thing that mystifies me. Why do people take stuff that doesn't belong to them? If you need stuff... Go buy your stuff. Don't take anyone else's stuff. That's my that's my game plan. Works for me, and it should work for others as well. You want stuff? Go work. Make some money and go buy the stuff. If you don't have enough money for the stuff you want, work harder or... Find a higher-paying job, but don't steal. Also on WNBF.com, as we saunter through the local news stories, 
And I don't know what, if anything, this will mean for health care in Binghamton, but we did have to take a very close look at the financial performance of major health care operator Ascension. Ascension in St. Louis operates Binghamton's Lord's Hospital on Riverside Drive, and their report of the performance, their financial performance for the fiscal year that wrapped up June 30th was released the other day, and it didn't look good. More than $1.8 billion in a net loss. So if you're running one of the most powerful healthcare operations on the planet and you wind up with a loss of nearly $2 billion for a fiscal year, that's it's not, it's not good as far as what it means for all the hospitals. Ascension operates 144 hospitals as well as 40 senior living facilities in the United States. So what does this mean for them? Unclear at this point, although I do know that organizations that report big losses usually then follow that up by figuring out how to cut costs. So I don't know what they'll do to cut costs at their hospitals and senior living facilities. So at some point, if I find out what impact it might have on Lord's Hospital on Riverside Drive, I will uh, report it to you. I have a special affinity for that place because that's where, for me, that's where things got started a few years back. So... Every time I drive by, I think, hmm. So that's where it really began. In an overview of the financial performance for the fiscal year, Ascension noted operations had been disrupted by several COVID surges. The company said COVID challenges along with staff furloughs, rising labor costs, and ongoing workforce shortages peaked in the first quarter of this year. So this year started off rocky and things started to get more stable certainly in the spring, as COVID cases died down. Bottom line, too, though, for hospitals, as well as most employers in the United States of America, they have to pay more for their employees. So whether you're operating a hospital or a radio station or a restaurant, any business... Maybe you're making lithium-ion batteries. You're going to have to pay more for the people who do the work because of a few things, including during the pandemic, some people seem to lose interest in working, especially working outside their home. So there's no way you can run a hospital or a radio station when I say radio station, I mean a good live local radio station uh, or a restaurant. You need people who actually are willing to go outside the home and do some actual work. Sometimes to incentivize that, you need to raise pay. So that's one of the things, one of the factors that Lords and Ascension faces. It's the case with U.S. employers. You're probably going to have to 
improve your benefits if you want people to actually come to work more than one day a week. Lourdes apparently is still hiring. would seem that way. Lourdes held a big job fair in a tent behind the hospital last Saturday, and they were looking for people to fill many positions, including nursing, clinical, food services, housekeeping, and clerical. So that is a snapshot of what's going on with Ascension. You recall last year, I think it was mostly last fall into the winter, all of the signage for Lourdes facilities, both the main hospital and the other facilities around the region, the signage was all updated to include the new branding. So you could see the mysterious Ascension logo. Every time I I drive past that magnificent Ascension logo on Riverside Drive, I find it inspiring. I enjoy the colors, the color combination with the blue and the turquoise and the purple. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a meaning behind that logo, but I look at it just on the on the simplest level as that's a real that's a logo. It's not like an IBM logo where it's in your face. That's the IBM logo is in need of updating, in my personal opinion. It's nine twenty three. This is Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. If you want to Send an email. The address is bob at wnbf.com. If you want to monitor our breaking news stories as well as some other interesting things around the region, it would be, uh, I think, interesting if you follow our Twitter feed at Binghamton Now. And that way you can see breaking news today. I have, have a really interesting story that I will be reporting on in a few hours and a story that I think is very compelling that so many people have been wondering about and your questions, not every question, but many of your questions are going to be answered this afternoon at WNBF.com. So be sure to look out for that. By the way, it's a good news story. Some people say, Bob, sometimes in the morning when you talk about a story you're reporting, sometimes it seems ominous and and potentially like bad news. No, today, this particular story that I intend to work on, that I'm scheduled to work on this afternoon, as there are breaking news developments, is actually a fascinating story and good news. So if if you need a dose of good news, my opinion is, Look to WNBF.com sometime this afternoon, and you'll say, ah, well, the A, that's interesting, and B, that is good news. We're live and local. It's Tuesday. News Radio, WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and always available on your free WNBF app. Did you know that?
Yeah, I'd tell you everything if you'd pick up that telephone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How you feeling? How you feeling? Are you still insane? Are you still insane? Don't you realize <laughs> The telephone lines. Uh, I remember the good old days when the phones would always work and you never had to worry. You never had to worry about comprehensive telephonic connections. Those days, of course, are long gone. I relish the days. I, I lived many, in fact, most of my life when telephones were dependable and you could work whether you were at a radio station or at a nuclear power plant or even working for Vladimir Putin, and the phones would always work. Unfortunately, now in 2022, continued telephone service is a pipe dream. So in case, in case you've been, like many listeners, attempting to contact our global headquarters, don't bother to do it by phone today. This is a special edition of WNBF, thanks to gremlins who have managed to interrupt our phone service. So today, and probably today only, I'll be conducting the program reading many emails. So bob at WNBF.com. Ordinarily, the emails are supposed to be shortened to the point. Today, even if you type a manifesto, a glorious 30,000-word manifesto, there may, in fact, <laughs> there may, in fact, be a chance that your manifesto or portions thereof would be read on the air. So, put on your writing caps, boys and girls, and right away, Bob at WNBF.com. Type as fast as you can. Make sure that it's not some sort of obtuse conspiracy theory because those still are not going to be broadcast but if you have something something pertinent to america today send it to bob at wnbf.com in the meantime if you know how to fix telephones we're hiring you know i'm not entirely surprised by this because as frequent listeners know we we've had this persistent problem with a particular phone line for months and months. And then I made a point about it on the program, and then they started to look into it. And that I should have known better. I shouldn't have said anything because the only thing I the only thing I take away from this job after many years is the minute they start looking into the phone lines, that's about the time that you can pretty much count on phone lines not being available for your <clears throat> broadcast enjoyment. So they should have should have just sucked it up and said, no, you know, that's a, a persistent phone line problem, but better better not mention it, or else someday we'll be enjoying the powerful concept of a call-in program with no phones. Anyway, thank you to Gary from Binghamton's West Side who pointed out the phone issues via email, bob at wnbf.com, trying to call in, but operator comes on and says cannot connect at this time. Actually, to prove the point, because we are live and local, let's uh, 
Let's prove this point for the North American viewing audience. Let me try on my own phone. I'm sorry. We cannot connect your call at this time. 233. 233. Let me try one more time. Maybe we can get 234. Now the operator refuses to cooperate. <laughs> uh, we'll wait for just a few more seconds to see if the call goes through. Remember, the Bowling for Dollars jackpot is now $4.29. If you know the correct amount, I'll pay it out of my own wallet. $4.29 if we call you for Bowling for Dollars. course not well anyway bottom line is thank you gary for pointing this out also john from binghamton noted accurately your phone is not working so thank you so let me point out something though i think this part is interesting i think that of course it's interesting. It's the only thing on WNBF. Oh, maybe it doesn't work. Hold on. All right. Well, the gist of it is, I mean, if you want to contact me, you can certainly... Sent an email. And I know they're working diligently to fix this. I think I drove by the phone company building shortly before I came in. They looked like they were having a top level powwow. Of course, all honesty, I have no idea. No idea. Could be the phone company's uh, issues, or it could be any one of a number of things. But again, in 2022, expecting. <laughs> Remember when you were growing up, all you had was the darn black phone. You could throw it against the wall. You could put it in the bathtub, all filled with water for hours. It would always work. They were indestructible. Now, now thanks to technology, phone service in this third-world country, and again, we aren't a third-world country. It just feels like it when you have no phone service. But, um, yeah, on the other hand... That's what makes the program interesting. I knew, I heard, I heard a cryptic announcement on the station at eight forty-five this morning. Right after I picked up a dozen donuts to bring in for my beloved colleagues, I heard a cryptic message about how this program was going to be so special today. And it was about that point I came desperately close to turning around the vehicle and going back home to spend the morning on my deck with the dogs. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Partly sunny today with a chance of showers this afternoon. High 64, mostly cloudy tonight with a chance of showers. Low 48, partly sunny tomorrow. Showers likely. High 62 and mostly sunny on Thursday. High 59. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 55 at News Radio WNBF. Guidance from the National Weather Service. Areas of frost will be possible. 
Thursday night into Friday morning, and a frost advisory may be needed. So if you have any sensitive plants, be sure to, first of all, talk nicely to them and then cover them gently. 936 News Radio WNBF, Bob Joseph with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us as we play Telephone Roulette. When will phone service be restored to the WNBF studios? Have to call Vegas to find out what the latest line is. Anyway, if you want to send a, a message, support, <laughs> Bob at WNBF.com. Yes, we are broadcasting live on News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and of course streaming on WNBF.com. Some per- Where news, news breaks, breaks first. first. News, news Radio, Radio 1290 WNBF. News. Breaking first and fast here at WNBF and WNBF.com. For all your local news needs, be sure to check our website. Uh, some really interesting stories today at WNBF.com. A long distance, directly assistance, every quote two on two. Who say, hey, hey, Ma, this is Mr. Rhythm and Blues. He said hello and put me on hold. To say the least, the cat was cold, he said. That's right. Don't call us, child. We'll call you. WNBF 939 on your Tuesday morning. Everyone talks about cars, but only a few people really know the business, the real car business. And the Miller Auto Team on the Vestal Parkway, they know the car business because they've been in it for decades. They've been serving you and your friends and neighbors in the Binghamton area for a long time to come. Miller Motors, there for you today and, of course, there for you tomorrow. If you want a new Hyundai, a new Honda, or perhaps a previously owned vehicle, go to Miller Motors, 4455 Vestal Parkway East directly across from Binghamton University. Stop in and say hello and say, I'd like a new Honda or I'd like a new Hyundai or I'd like something used. Whatever you need, they can give you an overview of the options. Maybe there's a new vehicle on its way right now that's not already sold. They can tell you something's going to arrive in the next week or so. And uh, they also can point out some wonderful featured vehicles in their used vehicle inventory. And you can check that out on the website, MillerAutoTeam.com, for all your vehicle needs. Miller Motors on the Parkway, open tonight till 7. It's 941 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Welcome to... Hi, this is Savannah Guthrie with an urgent story developing right now in every state and county across America. Despite having more than enough food available in this country, there are nearly 16 million kids, that's one in five children, struggling with hunger. They often don't even know where their next meal is coming from. And the worst part is, this has been going on for years. There's no excuse for it, and that's why Feeding America is doing its best to put an end to childhood hunger. 
As a nationwide network of food banks, Feeding America engages local communities in solving hunger by collecting surplus food, giving hope to hungry kids and their families all across our nation. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. You can start by going to feedingamerica.org to learn more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Nine forty-four News Radio WNBF live and local on your Tuesday morning with Bob Joseph. Send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. And we'll uh, read more emails. Tuesday, as you know, is email day on the program where your emails have a much better chance of being read on the air. So submit your emails now and enjoy. Here's a note from Alan. I've worked on phone systems since 1983. Are you VoIP? It sounds it. Are you VoIP? V-O-I-P, which means Voice Over Internet Protocol. You know, Alan, that's a very important question. And I believe we are VoIP. (laughs) Which helps to explain the, shall we say, uh, less than consistent performance. Ah! And Mark writes, and by the way, we could, you know, if you, if you have material, feel free to submit it here at WNBF to Bob at WNBF.com because I might just read emails for the rest of the day. I may continue the program until 10 p.m. if we get enough emails. Uh, Mark from Endicott. Hello. This is Mark from Endicott, New York, the home of Burn Dairy. Come on, man. Phone outage. Marconi said there would be days like this. This is what that guy who keeps saying, you know, get ready. You know, the ominous guy. We never know it'll happen when the Nutella hits the fan. Well... Obviously, the Nutella hit the fan, and we just didn't have enough. We didn't have enough special bread to make those Nutella sandwiches so we could survive. And Mark from Endicott also writes, Thank goodness for the Al Gore expansion of the Internet. Yeah, without Al Gore, VoIP would be just a dream instead of an ongoing nightmare. Oh, Chris Whalen over at the Broome County Executive's Office is helping out by submitting some helpful material. Oh, good. I'll read. <laughs> I usually don't read news releases like this, but ah, what the heck? What the heck? We're here providing the comprehensive local coverage that America wants. Direct from Jason Garner's office, as well as the Director of Parks, Recreation, and Youth Services, Liz White. This just in. 2023 Broome County Youth Bureau Request for Proposals. The Youth Bureau is accepting Request for Proposals. 
from interested nonprofit community-based organizations, cities, towns, and villages for 2023 Youth Development Program. Runaway and Homeless Youth and Youth Sports and Education Funding through New York State Office of Children and Family Services. Programs that address specific areas of need identified by the Youth Bureau will be awarded additional points during the review process. These areas include school-based positive youth development, after-school community-based positive youth development, mentoring juvenile diversion, youth sports, and runaway and homeless youth programs. Municipalities should apply for one total funding request for all programming. And then there's more. I won't read the entire thing. I I will say, because of our current situation on the program, this actually gives me time to work on my application. I might be able to put together an application and then get a grant from the Broome County Youth Bureau because I can come up with a concept for this program that would help some young people in the community. And so if I come up with an appropriate proposal, an RFP, and they review it and they decide it would be helpful for young people in Broome County, perhaps I could get a grant. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, use the money to buy a phone. That works. 949 WNBF. O'Gary from the west side is hanging in there with us. Bob, Maxwell Smart never had phone issues, and he talked into his shoe. That is true, Gary. I remember. I remember that show. I was always amazed that a shoe phone could work so well, and now that we look back on those episodes decades later, it's amazing. Even though he was always walking on his phone, miraculously, it always works. I know you're saying, gee, Bob, imagine if they rebooted Maxwell Smart today, uh, 007 or Get Smart or whatever the show was called. I guess it was called Get Smart. So Maxwell Smart, if they wanted to do a reboot of the program, get it, reboot, and do an updated 20... 23 version of Maxwell Smart every time that he tried to use his high-tech iPhone 44 concealed in his shoe, it would work about 91% of the time. Let's see. Dave from Binghamton. Oh, well, this actually... This is ripped from the headlines because uh, Binghamton is apparently going to fix Memorial Bridge. And in my opinion, about time. I thought they were going to fix not just Memorial Bridge, but also Route 363, put in some roundabouts. But I guess they're not ready to roll that out yet. But... um, They do have a plan to fix Memorial Bridge, and I say not a moment too soon. Dave from Binghamton writes, It will be great to see the Memorial Bridge upgraded. However, the design should not be thought of under the current design of 363 North Shore Drive. Oh, okay, so this is tied in with uh, 363. It should be planned in consultation 
with the upcoming changes to a boulevard, it should also be planned with knowledge of how Blues on the Bridge uses the space. Not that Blues on the Bridge needs supersede that of the other 364 days of the year, but it would be nice if thought uh, if they thought about it so the vendor space is not... I think he means not eliminated. doesn't say that, but I think he means that they should make sure there's sufficient vendor space for Blues on the Bridge. Dave also writes the changes should not just be planned separately to match up lane for lane now or then. It should flow both physically and visually. So the traffic, vehicles, bicycles, and pedestrians, the traffic path is consistent between the portions and the design elements for the city portion and the state portions match. We don't need the city planning on their own again without cooperation with the state DOT. And ending up with design plan issues, this happened with the fire headquarters when they had to turn the building away from Court Street. So that's a message from Dave. Yeah, it would be nice to see a little bit of a consultation and cooperation between the city and state. I don't think enough of it happens. Maybe it happens more than we know, but with the fire station debacle... I think, I know some people didn't think it was that big a deal, but still it, it just went to the heart of of how apparently the city came up with an initial plan for the new fire headquarters on Court Street and then thought they could somehow ram it, ram it through without um, getting <laughs> advance written approval from the state DOT, which... You know, you can't do it. You just can't do it. I know they they thought, Mayor David thought they could have the uh, fire station, have the, uh, the trucks exit onto Court Street, and the heck, the heck with that divider that's been there on Court Street near the new fire station complex. And so they wound up having meetings with DOT representatives trying to somehow persuade them having fire trucks zip out for emergency calls onto Court Street and go across potentially three or four lanes of traffic, somehow that would be a a smart move. And as we reported, going back a, a year or a year and a half ago, the DOT would have none of that. The DOT which controls that part of Court Street, basically told the city, no, you're not going to build a fire station and have fire trucks or ambulances or med vehicles zipping out onto Court Street, creating potential chaos and possible danger. So the city did have to reconfigure the fire station project, which I don't know if it added to the cost, we'll never know. There are so many questions about what goes on with the city of Binghamton. So many questions and so few answers, but you would have to think that there might have been some additional cost to the reconfiguration of how the fire station would be built once the city was told in no uncertain terms from the state DOT, from the local transportation czar, no, no. 
means no. We're not going to allow these fire vehicles out onto Court Street creating potential mayhem. You know, it might work for an insurance company, but it doesn't work for us. So as I reported in June of last year, I have looked up the story. The headline was, Fire Trucks Won't Exit onto Court Street from New Headquarters. And the lead said a request for that Court Street median to be removed for the Binghamton Fire Station project was rejected by state transportation officials. The city's initial proposal for the beautiful headquarters complex called for fire trucks to zip out of the station onto Court Street. Mayor David discussed the issue with DOT's top regional officials. He had hoped the front of the station would face Court Street. DOT representatives expressed concerns about fire equipment entering the often busy multi-lane roadway. Sort of the same type of concern DOT officials expressed when Burn Derry wanted a left turn onto East Main Street in Endicott and wanted people to somehow zip across three or four lanes of traffic. The DOT said no. No means no. So, uh, speaking on this program, in the day when mayors did speak on this program, Rich David said it seemed that allowing trucks to use Pine Street to enter the station and Court Street to exit made the most sense. Yes, it would seem that way. But after safety issues were raised by the DOT, plans were adjusted, so fire apparatus will exit onto Chapman Street. Well, yes, that'll be safer. Might not look as nice. In fact, it doesn't look as nice, but it will be safer. So fire trucks then will use an existing traffic signal at Court and Chapman, and they'll have a little button. It's not a button. I think it's a clicker. They have something that will give fire units a green light to then head onto Court Street. I want one of those clickers. I had a situation last night where I was taking pictures of a rainbow on the Vestal Parkway, and I thought if I only had one of those clickers like the police and fire people have, I could have clicked that traffic signal on the parkway to stay red a little bit longer so I could get some nicer pictures of the rainbow. But I don't have one of those clickers, but I'm going to see if I can get one online. So anyway, you know, the fire station... I guess the fire station will be done soon. But I guess I guess we'll know when they hold a photo op. The photo op. Here's another email. Um, and this is from Jesse Inouigo, who is more than familiar with how phones used to work back in the day when phone service was reliable back in the 70s. At this point, it's looking like Dick Tracy's TV phone is more dependable, Bob. Never seen that coming. Yeah, and that's, that is the bottom line. Yeah. Some sort of Dick Tracy megaphone would work better than the phones that we have, but... Again, who knows what the cause is? I, I certainly, 
I certainly am not equipped. We are unable to complete your call at this time. Please try again later. No podemos completar su llamada en este momento. Por favor, intente de nuevo más tarde. Message 12201 CL. We're up to 201 CL if you're scoring at home. And uh, remember, next hour I'll launch my pledge drive. <laughs> I'm going to raise $200 to buy a phone. Oh, wait, no, the phone I want costs $1,200. So next hour, I will work to raise $1,200. Of course, you'll have to make your pledges via the Internet to Bob at WNBF.com. It's 10 o'clock, more fun to come here on WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 54 degrees at 10.04. We got an advisory this morning from the village of Johnson City about a paving project. Avenue A and Helen Street are to be paved today. Avenue A, Helen Street, and Laurel Street closed to all vehicles to facilitate that project. They don't say if it's going to be wrapped up today or not, but be aware of that. The forecast for today, a lovely day to be doing paving. You won't be suffering from heat exhaustion for sure. 54 degrees right now, overcast. Mostly cloudy today, getting up to the low 60s, a 40% chance of rain this afternoon. Johnson City Police say they expect to make more arrests in connection with a home invasion robbery last week that left a village man with a gunshot wound. Village police say the 27-year-old was shot in the midsection after several people barged into his Endicott Avenue home at around 11.30 Tuesday night and stole items from a second victim. The man who was shot was taken to Wilson Hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. Police say they located 23-year-old Destiny Klein-Hill at her home in the town of Shenango on Friday and arrested her in connection with the incident. A Broome County Sheriff's deputy early Saturday morning responding to a suspicious vehicle complaint on Daniel Drive in the town of Shenango found 21-year-old David Van Patten and 20-year-old Justice Marumberga who were known to be wanted by Johnson City Police for that home invasion in the vehicle. They were also taken into custody, questioned by village police, and charged. All three suspects are being held in the Broome County Jail on felony counts of attempted murder, robbery, and burglary. The investigation is continuing. WMBF News Time 1006. Broome County's Department of Planning is working on updating the intermunicipal waterfront public access plan that was put together in 2011 and includes the development of a Blue Way plan. The idea is to improve public access and awareness of the rivers that run through Broome County, mapping and assessing the current conditions of the waterfront, as well as exploring new opportunities to use the rivers. In 2021, Broome County organized a series of public workshops to hear from the community about what residents would like to see on and around the waterways in the future. Broom now is launching a survey to get public input on waterway use in the county. The survey will collect information about how people use the river and what materials are most useful for their recreational experiences on the water. The survey can be found at www.broomwaterfront.com. Questions include what waterways have you used for recreation, how often, and includes a map of river hazards asking if there are any additional hazards people should know about. Residents can also check off what amenities like boat launches and equipment rental they would like to see and what they already use. 
New York State Health Commissioner is making a stop in Johnson City today to tour some new health education facilities. Binghamton University says it's hosting Commissioner Dr. Mary Bassett this afternoon for a tour of the Health Sciences Campus on Corliss Avenue. The commissioner and other dignitaries, including New York State Assemblywoman Donna Lupardo, will be getting a first-hand look at the Decker College state-of-the-art innovative simulation and practice center. That gives nursing students a chance to experience the closest thing to real-life patient symptoms, response, and interaction in a simulated environment. That tour is planned to take place at about quarter after two this afternoon. WMBF News Time 1008. The Johnson City Senior Center and Union Volunteer Emergency Squad, along with the Broom Traffic Safety Council, are hosting a Senior Safety Day tomorrow at the Senior Center on Brockton Street. The event will allow participants to learn about safety inside and outside the home, including preventing falls, basic medical information, home repair resources, prescription drug use and its effect on driving, pedestrian safety, and the CarFit program. CarFit is a unique exercise that gives a comprehensive check on how well a person and their vehicle still work together. CarFit lets drivers check out how they work with safety features of their own vehicle to ensure all adjustments are set at their optimum effectiveness for the driver's body. Participants work one-on-one with a trained technician to review a 12-point checklist. It's a tool to ensure safety. CarFit is not a driver's skills assessment and has no impact on your licensing. It's purely educational, voluntary, confidential, and free. The Senior Safety Inside and Outside the Home segment is presented from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. The CarFit program is being conducted from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. in the Johnson City Senior Center parking lot. Pre-registration for one or both programs is encouraged, but walk-ins will be welcome. Call 607-778-2807 for more information or to sign up. WMBF Newstime 1009. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast. Mostly cloudy today, a 40% chance of afternoon showers high in the mid-60s. Still the clouds for tonight, a 30% chance of showers low in the upper 40s. Partly sunny tomorrow, a 60% chance of showers high in the low 60s. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high near 50. Now, the National Weather Service in Binghamton giving the heads up that there is a chance for frost on Thursday night as temperatures may be dipping into the 30s. So be aware of that for Thursday night into Friday morning. Friday, sunny, a high in the mid-60s, and Saturday, partly sunny, a high in the upper 60s. Currently 54 in Binghamton. It's 10-11, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Tuesday morning with... Bob Joseph, live and local on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming live at WNBF.com.
Sure, call me. Or send an email to bob at wnbf.com. It's Tuesday morning, and we have so much to talk about, including something special that's coming up on Saturday in Endicott. I have a preview of the next Cider Mill stage presentation, so don't touch that dial. Live and local. News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on your free WNBF app. News breaks first. News Radio, 1290 WNBF. Ten sixteen at WNBF and WNBF.com. This Saturday evening, people will be having some fun, some entertainment at the Cider Mill stage on Nanacoke Avenue in Endicott with Peaches and Crime. Peaches and Crime. Joining us now to talk about this is Angela Schwartz. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Bob? I am well. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm I'm doing great and getting excited for our show this weekend. I imagine. I imagine. Actually, I was just uh, over at the venue this morning, not to take a look at the Cider Mill stage per se, where the um, the presentation will be made, but I had to pick up some <clears throat> donuts for my colleagues over next door at the cider mill and uh of course that place is always always booming seven days a week but it's great to um, have something really special and entertaining coming up this saturday night uh, give us a little background bring us up to date about cider mill stage now of course the last couple of years have been uh, very strange with the pandemic and all sorts of uh, changes in our lives where do things stand now with cider mill stage and endicott well, they um, recently released their 2022-2023 um, season, which we are pleased to be a part of. I know that uh, they just closed um, another show this past weekend, so it's nice to sort of get a little back to normal and have uh, a lot of options when it comes to uh, local Local theater at your hometown theater at the Cider Mill stage. Absolutely. So tell us about uh, this coming Saturday's presentation. Certainly. Malice so, Afford Deck, presented by Peaches yes. and Crime. Yes, yeah, so this is an all-original, all-new murder mystery written by two of our members. And um, we do a murder mystery at least, we debut a new murder mystery at least once a year, so we're happy that We'll be debuting this one at the Cider Mill this year. It's um, for those who are familiar with the the genre of murder mysteries. You know, there's always some level of participation, but um, we also know that sometimes people don't want to participate in a very direct way. You know, we get uh, some introverts that don't want to. Um, engage or have to play a part. And that's one of the things that's really unique about our show is it is a self-contained play, but it's what we call a you-decide homicide. And the joke of that is there are a few key scenes where we stop the action, everything freezes, and we pull the audience with an A or B scenario to say, would you like this to happen next? Or would you like that to happen next? So they get to be involved 
without needing to play a part, per se. So in that way, it's different than other murder mysteries that people may have seen. But it's very funny, and it's always fun to start out the uh, Halloween season with some mystery. Tell me about those who wrote this. Malice of Fordak, a You Decide Homicide. Who are the creative geniuses behind this? Well, um, our two uh, gentlemen, uh, Charles Berman and Daniel Schwartz, are the authors. Um, while they participate with the group, um, they're not in the band per se. Um, Daniel acts as our master of ceremonies which gives us a nice old-timey feel. And similarly, when we do vaudeville-style shows, we bring uh, Charles in as well to um, act as the comedic foil to Daniel as the straight man MC. So they um, are very skilled writers and actors, and we're so happy that um, they're, they're part of our, our group. I like the concept that it, it sort of harkens back to... Uh yesteryear that type of thing that uh, perhaps many people in 2022 can only imagine how things were were so different than they are today it's true that's one of the things that peaches and crime prides itself on is that we try to transport the audience back in time to the type of the type of entertainment that isn't really common these days from vaudeville and then this particular play is actually modeled after the um, old mystery pulp fiction books, as well as the radio dramas back during the golden age of radio. So it's all set up like we're pretending to do a live broadcast that the audience gets to witness the production of. I'm fascinated by the concept. I uh, One of my best friends, his dad, uh, who is no longer with us, but his dad used to work at uh, the radio station WOR in New York City, and he did a lot of the sound effects for some of those radio, live radio um, plays that were broadcast not just in New York City but across the country, and uh, he used to tell us uh, a lot of interesting stories. In fact, sometimes he would come up from his home in Queens to do uh, demonstrations here in Broome and Tioga Counties for kids to show uh, them, demonstrate for them a little bit of the background of how radio entertainment was done in in previous decades. And I, I was always fascinated by by what he was able to share you know, how he spent the early part of his career at WOR in New York City. That's fascinating. I know that we, I've always loved to see the the old pictures of the, uh, I'm not sure if they go by Foley or Folly artists, doing the sound effects in real time and how that, you know, went so far to creating and setting the scene and helping bring uh, bringing the action into the living rooms of the uh, listeners. Yeah, those Foley artists were, were extremely talented, and I know even even today, if you find um, some of the recordings of, of the old radio theater dramas from so many decades ago, sometimes you listen to them, you close your eyes and you listen, and I, I find some of them uh, far more compelling and entertaining than some major motion pictures that you might go to see in the theater because it's it's sort of as as I still describe radio to an extent it's still uh, a theater of of the mind and the fact that it's um, you know even even without the 
technology that we have today, people really manage to be entertained. And I imagine... I imagine a lot of the the people, the performers, um, find this fascinating, even though they're they're sort of replicating things that happened even before they were born. Yes, it, it, it's truly a uh, a unique experience, and it's sort of a shame that we've gotten away from that to an extent. And that's why we try to um, revive some of those older forms of entertainment for uh, today's audiences with what we do at Peaches and Crime. So if people want to uh, obtain tickets ahead of time before Saturday evening's performance at Cider Mill Stage in Endicott, how can they get tickets? Well, they can visit CiderMillStage.com where um, tickets are available online or the phone number is 607-321-9630. I do recommend buying in advance as there obviously there are still seats available, but they have been going fast these last few days. Okay, and I'll uh, invite you to give that uh, website address and also the phone number again in case people weren't prepared to jot that down. Again, the website? Certainly. And that's CiderMillStage.com. And the phone number is 607 321 9630. Peaches and Crime presenting Malice of Four Deck at Cider Mill Stage on Nanakoke Avenue in Endicott, Saturday evening at 7.30. Angela Schwartz, thank you so much for being with us on WNBF. 10.25 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Bob Joseph with you on your Tuesday morning. Looking for... Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com with Bob Joseph. Taking a look at our forecast for today, definitely feels autumnal, as in fall-like. There's definitely a chill in the air, mostly cloudy today with a chance of showers this afternoon. High 61, cloudy tonight, a few showers likely. Then it'll gradually become partly cloudy overnight, low 48, partly sunny tomorrow with showers likely, high 62, and mostly sunny Thursday, high 59. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 55 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. We do have um, a little bit of guidance for later in the week from the National Weather Service. 
if you have um, sensitive plants or insensitive plants that still could be affected by uh, frost, there will be areas of frost possible Thursday night into Friday morning. The National Weather Service says a frost advisory could be issued depending on the circumstances. So just keep that in mind if you have something that could be adversely affected by frost. Right now it's 55 in downtown Binghamton at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. And as we um, talked earlier about the financial situation regarding Ascension, the operator of Lord's Hospital on Riverside Drive, we're getting some response about the report. The financial report certainly didn't look good when it came out the other day. Ascension reporting $1.8 billion in terms of an annual loss for the fiscal year that ended June 30th. And there are multiple reasons, lots of reasons, and if you really want to drill down on their explanation, you can find the long, gory details posted on online at Ascension's website. It's fascinating and yet complicated. Let's face it, the healthcare industry is no longer as simple as it once was. And certainly that's true for these big-time operators. And Ascension is one of the biggest-time operators in healthcare. So they're operating Lord's Hospital now. And that kind of with that kind of loss, that doesn't bode well. All I know is when businesses lose money, and let's face it, hospitals are a business. Call them non-profit or not-for-profit. They're still businesses, so they need they need revenue keep things going. So uh, some responses here. One response, Jeff from Binghamton wrote on Twitter, it would be nice to drill down uh, on that loss to determine what are cash and what are non-cash items. In other words, what are losses directly from operations? It has been standard practice for large corporations to stuff all losses, even non-cash, into one bad year. So, yeah, yeah, I, I wish the newspaper business editor would assign that story. That would be a great piece for the front page of the Present Sun Bulletin on Sunday. To closely examine the finances of Ascension, which operates Lourdes Hospital, and then I could do a multi-part series examining the finances of all the hospitals here in our, our area. The southern tier of New York and northeastern Pennsylvania, they could do at least a three-part series, maybe a four-part series, and run it in the Sunday Press and Sun Bulletin starting this Sunday. That would that would be useful to get a, a comprehensive report on what's going on in the world of health care. But I'm not expecting it. It's 1033 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Of course, also on the website. Still haven't heard anything new about who will uh, set up uh, a new restaurant here on Court Street where Dos Rios Cantina had been located. I 
we'll say I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of the location. I believe that it should be an attractive location. So if you know someone with any sort of restaurant experience, you might want to let her know that that site is available, 4,000 square feet. And when they were setting it up just over four years ago, I did cover the story. It was fascinating to see um, how this new restaurant, Dos Rios, materialized. So much work and attention to detail went into it as far as designing a menu, designing the venue. And it was one of the more fascinating stories to cover. And just the the way they laid out the place and even set up the kitchen. I remember being in there, I think, in around June 2018, when they were just setting up the kitchen and doing some dry runs of, of the operation before the place actually opened up. So it would seem, with the kitchen equipment, I think, still intact, they're billing this as a, a turnkey operation, so if you have $9,000 a month, you could set up your restaurant. Personally, I don't have $9,000 a month. If I did, if I did, I would set up my restaurant right there because I, I love the location. And plus, at that location, it would be easy for me to keep an eye on things. I could, during the news breaks or during a commercial break, I could run across the street to see what's going on at my restaurant. But, Fortunately, because of a lack of uh, $9,000 a month, I, I cannot set up a new restaurant at this time. But anyway, we have that on the website, WNBF.com. We'll continue to uh, follow that. Still waiting to see what materializes with plate readers, as we reported a few days ago. And it was Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson on this program who mentioned that the village is considering plate readers hasn't been approved yet, but they are uh, looking into it. And I know the Endicott Police Chief Patrick Gary is uh, reviewing the options. So we'll see. I'm still mystified about the... Um, Lack of information that the city of Binghamton puts out on their plate readers. Now, I understand you can't put out a report and say, okay, um, these plate readers are being used to catch such and such a person, but I would say this, it would be useful, say, at the end of the year or maybe every three months or six months to give sort of a summary of how the plate readers, which the city of Binghamton spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on to come up with this monitoring system. So people are doing all the, the monitoring. Every time you enter or leave Binghamton, they have a record of it. So if you Go shopping at Boscov's, they know that you came from Johnson City into Binghamton over on Main Street, over on Clinton Street, or wherever. They know. 
And do they provide any information about how these plate readers are working? Of course not. Now, it's interesting to me, the city residents, taxpayers, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for the plate readers a few years ago. And I think since they were installed, I am under the impression the city gave one update, I think. I know I occasionally spoke with Mayor David about the plate readers on the program, and the responses always were, well, we can't really talk much about that because, you know, it's too sensitive. So there are apparently never any updates or reports on how your money was spent. Well, you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you have to take our word for it. It was it was a wise, wise move. Okay. It probably was. 1038 News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. If you want to submit an email, you may do it. Bob at WNBF.com. It's Bob Joseph, Tuesday morning on News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on your free WNBF app. You're in. Students, when I call the reason for your absences throughout the years, please exit the auditorium without your high school diploma. <clears throat> Too tired. Family trip. Sick day. Starting the holidays early. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at boostattendance.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Kira Petz, and this song's dedicated to those people who don't have health insurance yet. Enroll, we say. Health insurance is now affordable. It covers prescriptions, hospitalizations, and preventive care. Visit GetCoveredAmerica.org to learn more. And take care, people. Brought to you by Get Covered America and the Ad Council. Forty-two on a Tuesday morning, live and local. Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Tough times coming up ahead for some people in Florida with Hurricane Ian. Expected to make landfall somewhere in the southwest portion of the state tomorrow as a Category 3 storm. The forecasters say the storm will bring high winds, heavy rains, and record-setting storm surge that could overwhelm low-lying areas up and down the west coast 
of Florida. Evacuation orders have been issued for areas in Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, and Fort Myers. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says millions are in the main evacuation zone. He's also telling people today that shelters have been set up in those counties in areas that won't be affected by the storm surge or flooding. So that's important. They're taking steps to prepare for the oncoming storm. The instruction is you're in a vulnerable area to storm surge or flooding, uh, evacuate to higher ground. And if you evacuate to higher ground in a structure that is sound, um, you know, you're going to be fine. And, and, and that's something that, that we just want people to know. So that's the situation in Florida. Governor DeSantis says uh, they're taking the steps they can to prepare for the storm. ABC meteorologist uh, Rob Marciano is in St. Pete, where he says storm surge from the bay and the Gulf could cause some major flooding over the next couple of days. The hurricane-force winds will extend out at least 40 or 50 miles. That will include Tampa, St. Petersburg, likely Sarasota. Also a threat will be tornadoes always on the right side of this thing, and that, that means that most of the state of Florida, certainly the southern part of it, will see the threat for tornadoes. And because it's moving so slowly, that will be a multi-day threat, and that's Slow movement is not good for rainfall, sitting off the coast for a long period. So we'll continue to monitor that, and I have people uh, I know in Florida, as I'm sure many of the people listening here in the Binghamton area um, do. You have friends, family, and uh, so many people who had lived in this area now live in Florida, so we'll... Keep an eye on things and and certainly hope for the best, work to support them. Hopefully uh, things won't be too uh, dangerous and destructive from the hurricane as it uh, focuses its wrath on Florida. It's 1045 at WNBF. I know many of our listeners are closely monitoring the travels of Vice President Kamala Harris. She's continuing her Asian trip today, meeting with some regional leaders in Tokyo, Japan, and attending the state funeral of the Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was assassinated. Speaking to reporters after a visit to the Buddhist temple where Abe's private funeral took place in July, Harris said, um, or she previewed her upcoming trip to Korea, uh, Korea. She'll be paying a visit to the DMZ. That's the border area between North and South Korea. I'll be traveling to Seoul the day after next to strengthen and reestablish, of course, that relationship. And I do think about that relationship in the context of a trilateral relationship, certainly a direct responsibility that we have and a sense of responsibility to the security of Korea. So that's what Kamala Harris is up to. Also taking a look at some other uh, stories, I, I find this intriguing. I don't know that it's going to happen in New York State, probably not. But in the state of Michigan, students may soon face a disturbing reality. No texting or social media for the entire school day. That would happen if lawmakers in Michigan pass a bill that would ban phones in classes. I just don't. 
see the political will for something like that to happen in New York or Pennsylvania, but one representative in Michigan, Gary Eisen, says he drafted the bill because he spoke to teachers, told him kids are too distracted and they use phones in class to bully each other. A story that was told to me by a mom is that her daughter got, she was uh, 12, and she got braces put on her teeth. So she's eating lunch, she's having a hard time eating lunch because of the braces. So she's kind of making a mess. In the meantime, somebody's filming her and sent it out to everybody in the school. And I don't doubt that happened. I mean, that's the story of kids. Kids sometimes bully each other by phone or in person. I'm not really sure there's a simple way to stop the act of bullying in schools. Now, in a perfect world, I would support banning all telephones for students in all school buildings at all times, but we don't live in a perfect world, so I don't see that happening. I don't I don't see many parents ultimately saying to the Binghamton Board of Education or the school board in Union Endicott or anywhere else, I don't see many parents saying, oh, yeah, I don't want my kids to have access to their phones during the school day. I think most parents, I don't know if it's most parents, many parents do want their children to have access to their phones for various reasons. But certainly appreciate that they're distracting. I don't doubt that they cause distractions, but... As someone once saying, it's too late to turn back now. I just don't see many states adopting that kind of legislation. Maybe they will in Michigan. I just even even in Michigan, I don't I don't see how they would really ban phones for kids. You could try, I guess. If you catch a kid with a phone, what are you going to do? Tell the kid, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not allowed to have a phone. Okay, that's the first time. Second time when she has a phone, what are you going to do then? You're suspended for a week because you had a phone? So I don't know really how, how you're going to enforce it. You're going to, will you search kids? As they come into school, search them to make sure they're not bringing in automatic weapons or knives and also search them to make sure they're not trying to smuggle in a phone. I don't know what you would do then. You would be stuck. You'd be totally stuck. You'd have no time to actually teach the kids anything. It's 1050. This is News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back live at the National Butt Out Finals. A.J. Langer is all fired up, and there he goes. It's out. He put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with A.J. Lori? A.J., how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out all the way, every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere. 
I got smart about mortgages. Now it's my house I go home to. I got smart about credit cards. Now paper or plastic has a whole new meaning. When it comes to your money, whatever you want to get smart about, you can find it at smartaboutmoney.org. Smartaboutmoney.org is a free online resource from the National Endowment for Financial Education. We're an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to helping people just like you get sound information about money. Smartaboutmoney.org. It's the easy place to start when you want to get smart hey there he is how's it going i'm having a stroke are you going to shake my hand or what i'm having a stroke wow you're not even moving your arm i'm having a stroke are you okay i'm having a stroke your face looks weird too i'm having a stroke are you having a seizure or something i'm having a stroke when someone is having a stroke they may not be able to say it with words but their body language will tell you loud and clear i'm having a stroke you just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done. News Radio 10.54 on a Tuesday morning. When you need the news first thing in the morning, you need First News Binghamton with James Kelly and Kathy White. They're there to serve you for three hours, Monday through Friday morning from 6 to 9. Tune in, find out what the heck is going on. 
these days more than ever. You need to know what's going on in your community, and WNBF is committed to bringing you the information, the information that's relevant, and we do it. With the first news, Binghamton, 6 to 9 in the morning with James Kelly and Kathy White. Of course, news updates throughout the day. I'm here covering the area, checking out breaking news with the latest information on air and online at WNBF.com. And we should have a very interesting story on the website, WNBF.com, this afternoon. I think it's a story you'll enjoy it's one of those good news stories local good news which we always are looking for here at news radio wnbf Uh oh a scam alert has just been issued by the broom county clerk's office joe mihalko has just put out a scam alert a scam alert veterans in broom county Veterans in Broome County are being warned of a scam. So apparently you have to file your military discharge papers with the county clerk's office. The county clerk, Joseph Mahalko, says it's an important document for the veteran and their family. And it often can't be found when a veteran or their family needs it most. It's a document of utmost importance to the veteran for access to services. And according to Military Law Section 250, these papers should be filed with the county clerk in the county where the veteran resides. So according to this scam alert, there is some sort of scam being perpetrated upon veterans by a group called DD214 Directs out of Phoenix, this group apparently wants to file papers for the veteran but also charge a high fee to get a copy. So they want to charge $79 for a copy and more than $100 for an email and hard copy. Well, according to the county clerk's office, that's not right, and so they want to let people know about this scam to make sure veterans know what to do. So the county clerk says, avoid this company. You don't have to pay any amount for a certified copy of your DD-214. It's also free to file. You have to be a pretty, um, well, I was going to say something highly critical of, of the scammers, but I... Hey, I don't know them. I, maybe, maybe they need the money for something legitimate. But anyway, it sounds as though what they're doing is probably illegal and certainly sounds unethical. According to this scam alert from the county clerk's office, when a veteran files his or her military discharge papers with the county clerk's office, the original papers are always returned. A free certified copy will be provided to the veteran in person at any time. There's no reason to pay outlandish fees for these records. New York State military law prohibits disclosure of information on the discharge papers to anyone else. If you are the parent, spouse, dependent, or child of a veteran, you can work with the county 
Veteran Services Agency to obtain copies of the discharge paperwork. And according to the county clerk's office, once you file your discharge papers, you're eligible for the Veterans Discount Program, and that allows discounts at some local businesses. And there's information about Broome County's Veterans Discount Program online at gobroomcounty.com. So that is what we're being told now by the county clerk, Joseph Mahalko. Don't fall for the scam. It's too bad that we're living in a time where scammers seem to be able to operate with impunity. But occasionally you'll hear word that the authorities have caught up with some sort of scammer. But too often I think they just get away with it. So if you know a veteran or you are a veteran, be, be aware of that scam. And, of course, there are probably multiple other scams that are going on simultaneously. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Bob Joseph on your side on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, partly sunny skies today don't rule out a chance of a shower this afternoon. Temperatures into the 60s. A Johnson City man is recovering from injuries after he was attacked in his home. Johnson City police say the 27-year-old was shot in the torso after several people forced their way into his Endicott Avenue home around 11.30 on Tuesday night. Detectives say they believe the man was assaulted by several intruders who then stole items from another person before fleeing. Police say they arrested 23-year-old Destiny Klein Hill on Friday at her home on Prescott Road in the town of Shenango in connection with that attack, and two more suspects were detained by a Broome County Sheriff's deputy responding to a report of a suspicious vehicle on Daniel Drive in the town of Shenango early on Saturday. Authorities say the deputy was aware the occupants of the car, 21-year-old David Van Patten and 20-year-old Justice Marimberga, were wanted in connection with the Johnson City shooting. All three suspects are charged with attempted murder, burglary, and robbery and were sent to the Broome County Jail. Johnson City Police say more arrests are expected. Residents throughout the region should be cautious, as always, about people to claim to be from an electric company or other utility. As evidenced in Ithaca, Ithaca police are investigating several burglaries where a person identifying himself as a New York State electric and gas worker is suspected in break-ins at buildings and cars on North Cayuga Street. Shortly after 10.30 a.m. Monday, authorities say they were alerted about a possible burglary in the 100 block of North Cayuga Street. Police reportedly found evidence that someone forced their way into an unoccupied building in the area. Several items were reportedly stolen from that location. Additional accounts indicate at least one vehicle in that same area of Ithaca was illegally accessed. Meanwhile, the authorities were alerted to a person who had identified himself as a nice egg worker to get into another building. The suspect is described as a slim man standing about 5 feet 8 inches tall with dark hair. He was wearing a red shirt, dark pants with white stripes, and a hard hat that had K-O-N-E, cone, printed on it, with a gray scarf or a head covering underneath. 
Surveillance photos show a man matching that description with a blue bicycle with those curved racing handlebars. Wearing a gray backpack, he had yellow-brown Nike shoes and appeared to have thin, scruffy facial hair. New York State Electric and Gas workers carry identification and will provide a supervisor's name for verification. They don't show up for inspections or other field work on bicycles. Anyone with information can contact the Ithaca Police tip line at 607-330-0000. Binghamton Mayor Jared Graham is announcing plans to make Memorial Bridge more memorable with a major upgrade. Officials are in the process of coming up with designs to make the span that was erected in 1925 in memory of those who served in the four branches of the military in America's wars safer and more attractive to pedestrians, cyclists, and motorists. Designs include dedicated bike and pedestrian lanes, new lighting, green space landscaping, and seating. Binghamton is to hire a team of civil and traffic engineers and landscape architecture professionals to come up with the final design. The city says right now an average of 14,500 cars cross Memorial Bridge with over 100 pedestrians recorded at the intersection of Washington Street and North Shore Drive during the peak travel hours. The span is at the terminus of the Brandywine Highway or Route 363 where cars are supposed to slow from 40 miles per hour or more to the city maximum speed limit of 30 miles per hour as the road becomes Riverside Drive on the west end of Memorial Bridge. Supporters say the new designs and aesthetics of the bridge could also help slow traffic and enhance the safety in the area. Funds for the design project are included in this year's proposed budget that was presented to City Council earlier this month. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, partly sunny, a chance of afternoon showers today, high in the mid-60s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a 30% chance of showers, low in the upper 40s. Partly sunny Wednesday, 60% chance of showers, a high in the low 60s. Mostly sunny Thursday, a high near 50. Now for Thursday night, there is a chance of frost. The projected low on Thursday night being put in the upper 30s. Friday, sunny, a high in the mid-60s. Saturday, partly sunny, high in the upper 60s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Tuesday morning. This is the third hour of your program with Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Rockin' in the free world. That is certainly good advice from my perspective. And uh, we have uh, a very uh, special treat coming up in just a moment. Uh, For those of you who always, always associate WNBF with the legendary Bill Parker, well, you're in 
for something truly, truly memorable because we are going to hear an interview that was done with Bill Parker right here in this studio back in the day. Yes, this was uh, aired in 2015, back in the day. Wait, hold on a sec. WNBF. <laughs> For some reason, they got my hopes up with uh, with a phone <laughs> phone ringing. I know. Anyway, we don't have to worry about that. What we uh, can tell you is coming up in just a moment, you will hear the conversation I had with Binghamton broadcast legend Bill Parker in 2015. Sadly, Bill Parker left us in August 2019. He lived to the age of 91. And so we've been without Bill Parker for three years. But we do have a conversation. And I, I really, this was one of the highlights of my time here at WNBF, that I was able to speak with Bill Parker at length right in this studio. Now, I remember when I started at this radio station some time ago, when the station actually was operating out of the Center Plaza building on Henry Street, I remember the first time that I had a chance to chat with Bill Parker here at the radio station, and I always treasured that because I had encountered Bill Parker as a child when he was hosting the Officer Bill program on WNBF-TV on Channel 12. So that was my first exposure to Bill Parker, and then to have the honor and privilege to be able to work at WNBF with Bill Parker was very special. So that was very meaningful for me, and then to be able to work with him for many, many years before he retired, it was just in some ways, uh, essentially a dream come true for a person who always loved radio and always respected Bill Parker. So with that in mind, we will bring you the conversation, the conversation that I had with Bill Parker just a few years back. I think we, um, not sure if it ever was rebroadcast. It may have been rebroadcast once on the program. But this morning we will give you an opportunity to hear Bill Parker talk about his childhood, his career, and also, very importantly, his family. Bill Parker loved his family. And in the conversation you're about to hear, you'll, you'll begin to understand and appreciate the deep love that Bill had for his family and for the community. So that's coming up next right here on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Eleven sixteen at WNBF, we will bring you that conversation with Bill Parker coming up. But this just in. We have a report that our phone system may now be working. Let's test this premise. Let's go to Gary on Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. 
Good morning, Bob. I went to the shoe carnival and picked up a uh, shoe phone there, and I'm calling you on that. So hopefully it <laughs> it'll stay it'll stay good. But yeah. What's well, by yeah, the way? Well, I've I've never been happier to hear your voice, Gary. I know you, you you're doing a good job, Bob. It's it's tough to just talk and uh, and not get any response back. I wanted to talk about. There's, I go uh, every once in a while. I go up to Lowe's up there, uh, whatever what they call it, Upper Court, correct? Yes. On Route Twelve. Yes. And or is that Upper Front? Lowe's on Upper Front. Sorry. Yes. yes. Upper Front. I got you right. So, so people know where it's at. And then right across the street from Lowe's, there's like a gas station. Then there's another uh, Route Twelve goes up that way. And then there's like a a, a stream that goes uh, under Route Twelve. And for the for I've seen quite a uh, few times. I wonder if anybody else has seen. It. There's a woman that goes out there and she waves at cars going by, and she just stands there and waves, and that's all she does is just waves, and she's just trying to make I don't know people happy or anything like that. Have you ever seen that woman out there? I have not, but somebody has mentioned that to me in the past. I I must. I must pass by when she takes a break, but I, I believe I've heard people mention that, that she's out there waving sometimes. Yeah, usually it's a late afternoon, uh, excuse me, late morning, early afternoon. Yeah, she's just there waving and smiling and, you know, I don't know, I just was curious as to whether anybody else out there has seen her. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll I'll have to stop up there. I can't stop up this afternoon because I have another assignment that I need to um, head out to as soon as I wrap up the program. But I, at some point, I'll I'll stop up there and wave to her if she's out. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've seen her quite a few times. So, but you know, she I saw her yesterday. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. So. All right. Very good. But also, I'd like to talk about, can I talk about the bridge uh, renovation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, as as they say, as they say in Binghamton, about time. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a very good idea, first of all, to renovate the bridge, which is going to need to be renovated and make sure it's structurally sound and all of that. But to get the waterfront, the waterfront is very important to a city, I think, and to improve that area would improve Binghamton. You know, uh, some people will say, well, you know, I work at Lourdes, and it's going to make it more difficult for me to get to work or whatever. But I think it's really a great idea. Uh, do you see, like, maybe two roundabouts on each side of the bridge, too? I would hope so. I would think that would be the best solution there. Yeah. I, the question is, do, the traffic do, flowing. well, the question is, does the city, the people who run the city, do they have the political will to do it or are they afraid? Because we know we know how roundabouts inexplicably have been politicized in Binghamton. So I'm not sure if oh. City Hall would dare to go through it or through with it, even if the DOT says that's the best solution. You know, that's my concern because the Republican Party made roundabouts so politicized. They even used the roundabout at one point during a, a campaign, I believe, when Rich David was running for re-election. So, you know, maybe well, difficult. Hopefully that's over with. Well, one would hope, but, 
You know, the, the, right. the, rea- yeah. the reality is, even if the DOT says, and remember, it was the DOT that said a roundabout on Court Street was a great idea. The DOT would never approve a roundabout on Court Street, except that was the greatest thing, the greatest way to deal with, with traffic at that intersection. But how it's it's things like that, how a roundabout or how... Uh, vaccinations could be politicized. It's just uh, that's that's one of the things that makes America great. Yeah, you know. I mean, if they don't have a roundabout, right? So if you got a light at both ends, and now you're cutting it down to two lanes, one in each direction, you're going to have like a massive traffic problem. So it has to be a free flowing solution at each end to keep traffic moving. Otherwise, you're going to have trouble. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. Appreciate your call. Um, right by on. the way, what else were you yeah. going to say? No, that's it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens uh, again when the mayor comes in to talk about city issues. That uh, that'll be the new plans for the roundabout. Certainly, will be one of the the topics we talk about. Or new plan. I shouldn't say plans for a roundabout. Plans for the Memorial Bridge and Route three sixty three. Well, he does answer your emails. No, so not lately. Oh, he no, he used to, but the last last email I sent didn't get any kind of acknowledgement. So I guess I guess the thrill it's is not gone. A priority? No, it's definitely not a priority. That's too bad. Eh, whatever. Yeah. You know what can you All do? Right. Well, I tell you this: when when it comes to voting this year, I'm going to vote for people who are open and honest and want to talk to the people. If you don't want to come on the radio and have a discussion, I'm not going to vote for you. I'm just not because I think that this. Like something being hidden, that's the way that I feel when I... Well, that, that certainly, I could see outright. that, you know, the, the optics aren't good when people don't come on the only talk show in town. If there were other talk shows, and by the way, there ought to be other talk shows, but if, if there were other talk shows and elected officials or school district officials wanted to go on those programs to answer the questions from those hosts, that would be certainly an understandable choice. But the fact is, you know, there's there's one basic media organization left in the city of Binghamton, and it's being uh, boycotted effectively by both City Hall and by the, the city school district. So, you know, you can... No, it's, it's, it's head-scratching, but... Well, no, it's, it's not really head-scratching. The, the simple truth is they don't want to answer the questions from the host. Remember, these are people who used to come on the program, but they decided, for whatever reason, the questions that were being presented were not not the type of questions they wanted to deal with. And so, Was it they decided, or was it people higher up told them? Here's a question to ask yourself. In the city of Binghamton, who's higher up than the mayor? The police chief? No, but the person from the Republican Party, right? Oh, I mean, him? He have a say in it. I don't know. He, yeah. Last I knew, he used to come on the program. I, in fact, I bet right. if I invited uh, him on, he, he would come on. See, that's – but, you know, as far as the school district, I don't think, I don't think any party operative would tell the, the school superintendent right. the school what to district, do. No. I, I would Correct. think that she and school district administrators – I mean, let's face it, they all – whether it's the school superintendent or the various principals or assistant superintendents, they have decades worth of educational experience, and they've answered tougher questions 
in the past questions that were tougher than anything I've ever posed. So I'm I'm not sure what the concern is, but I right. I, I certainly can conclude they don't like my line of questioning. I, you know, for a while I thought there was going to be another uh, talk show on uh, WNDF. I thought uh, Bob from Vesta was going to get his own show. Yeah, well, but that, that never panned out. No, it didn't, which is too bad. But you know, the that yeah, I, that idea that idea was you know we ran it up the flagpole and nobody saluted. So, Doug didn't salute it. Okay, no, no one. Right. Zero, zilch, nada. I mean, if if there had been any sort of grassroots support for it, we probably would have done it. But hey, you know the the, the um, Binghamton viewing audience decided this show was. Even with its imperfections, the show was adequate to cover the issues of the day. Yes, and I agree. All right, Bob, All right. have a good one. Thank you. 1125 WNBF, Jesse and Owego. Good morning. Boy, oh boy. Hey, you know, I was subliminally working with your engineer, Dave, and apparently he's got things going. How's it anyway? Well, you're on the air as far as what, yeah. what happens. What happened? Who who knows? Who knows? Nobody. All I do is come in here every day, and nobody tells me a darn thing. So it's it's anybody's guess. Anybody's guess wow. what, what goes on here. Obvi- obviously, as they say, it's on a need-to-know basis, and certainly I don't oh, need to that's know. that's right. You're talking transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary <laughs> has some good points once again. Well, again, and, and I know you live in Owego, Tioga County, and one of the concerns that you've expressed is how secretive the people in Tioga County are. And I I actually think the people in Tioga County have take, taken secrecy to a, a new level, even, believe it or not, a higher level than most people in Broome County. That's what surprises me. And uh, when I emailed you yesterday, I said, unless I get out and about and talk to the local people, local small businesses, I'm not going to know anything that's going on. And that's the way they like it. They don't want you to know. The only thing Uh you, Jesse, need to know is how much your taxes are, where to pay your taxes, and at election time, who they say you should vote for. Well, I also emailed you about what's going on at Oigo Appalachian. They're hiring three, either law enforcement, three armed security guards, and I'm like, uh, are they overreacting or underreacting? Who exactly knows? But in the end, who's going to pay them higher taxes? We are. Well, that's true. Good thing about that school district, though, the last time I knew the superintendent there, Corey Green, would agree to come on this program and answer questions. I just haven't invited him. So I, I think, I don't know if he got the memo from the Binghamton School District, that you should not appear. But I I believe Corey Green is one of the superintendents around here who is willing to answer questions from the media and from district residents. Wow. I, so I think that's a good thing. I just think that uh, that should be the, the rule of thumb, that if you run a school district or a village or a town or a city or a county, I would just think that it would go without saying that you would make regular appearances on on various media venues, whether it's radio, TV, Internet, whatever. It just seems to me that's part of your job to answer questions. I would agree. Gary just touched on a point. Did they get a directive from higher? And Could be. 
Well, it makes me wonder. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the directive came from the governor's office to all government officials and all school district officials to no longer appear. That could be Department of Education as a whole, but the only thing I'm going to say, which is simple and right to the point, the less transparent you are, the less of a chance that I'm going to vote for you. That's just the way it is. Well, that ultimately could cause them to reassess. Well, let's Could. see if that happens. Yeah, let's you know, see it's... if that happens, Bob. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Oh, by the way, that old lady on the bridge. I used to wave to her all the time. She's great people. All right. Well, I'll stop up uh, one of these days and say hello to her. Appreciate your call. It's 1129 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Finding great. Live and local news radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. And we are now taking phone calls at 607-772-1290. 607-772-1290 if you'd like to talk on WNBF. Eleven thirty-two. Let's go back to the phone lines to the town of Vestal. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey. Hey. Just coming home. I heard my name mentioned. And what did you think about that? Uh, something about my own talk show. Yeah. So at at one point, I think people were suggesting that you ought to host a, a talk show here on the I station. I agree. Well, I agree. So would but you I do it? Listening. I I just happened to turn the radio on in my truck because I had to quit listening because you just you you've gotten worse, not better. You call everything a conspiracy theory if it's anything with Biden, but Trump that conspiracy there six years of this guy getting nothing but kicked in the face. You know, oh maybe these Binghamton officials don't like the way you act or something. Could that be part of it? It probably is. In yeah, fact, that's, that's most likely. It probably probably has nothing to do with the serious topics that they're being asked about. It probably has everything to do with how I act. I'll bet you. I bet you if I ask them, they talk to me. I bet you they would. Be, you got to be nice to people. You can't be obnoxious like you are. You don't understand that. I'd have a better banner with them if you, if you wish. Well, that's but probably yeah, had, uh, that's probably true that you would you would certainly have um, a better relationship with most of the elected officials than than I do. So you're right. It probably probably if you came in here starting next Monday, suddenly the mayor and the school superintendent and all the others who don't want to answer my questions, they suddenly would be lining up at the studio door to answer your questions. Well, they must. You must. Have- people somehow you ever think of that you know it's not always them i don't know i heard 
I don't know. My buddy still answer, listens for some reason. He tells me things that you say, and I just say, hey, whatever. I had to quit listening. My blood pressure was going through the roof. I mean, I just try to make sense of it, and liberals just don't get it. This country is on its edge right now. It's almost a tip-over point, and they keep lying every day, and everything's hunky-dory. No, it isn't. People know it, and they better get to the damn polls and get those people out of there in six weeks. Because we're really close, man. Don't you see that this country might be gone if this keeps up? This country will not be gone. See, you always say that. Don't, how, how can you say that? What if the dollar collapses? Don't you understand? The dollar's not collapsing. The dollar is historically strong. Look at the dollar compared to the euro, or not the euro, to the uh, to the pound. It's it, You know, this call, you should be calling into London now instead of Binghamton now. See, that's the thing. I Every time I make up a point, you have some excuse, and your excuses don't. I mean, I got a 401k. I'm worried about that just disappearing. I worked, and I earned that money, and now these fools in the White House who don't have a clue what to do might take that money from me. Don't you worry about stuff like that? Are you just so happy and I, I don't understand you. I really don't. Because you work your whole life. I don't know how you can stick up for people who don't work. When you've worked for, since you were a teenager, you talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I think since the age of 14. I've worked almost every day with a few breaks for vacations, which I, I do believe I deserve. But I, I don't think I've ever gone more than 10 days without working since my, my paper route on Main Street and Endicott. Yeah, I understand that. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, how come you stick up for people who don't care about anything except robbing stuff? And I don't understand you. Well, I share I share a lot of your same concerns. Trust me. When I fill up my Bobmobile with gas, fortunately it's not a very big mobile, but it's still, even, even though it has a relatively small gas tank, I'm not happy when the price I pay now is substantially higher than it was a year ago. With Donald, it was too I know. But with Brock, it was $1.85 something. God, don't even start with that. But it's true. It's true. With Barack Obama, I distinctly, I think I took a picture of it when I was filling up my Bobmobile, and the gas price was $1.859. It was never equaled by Donald Trump. Yeah, whatever. That guy, he's the reason we're in this shape. It started in 2008, man. I lost my job six months after he took office. Figure that one out. Not even six months. So there you go. That's what Barack did. For, I guess. Why didn't he take them immigrants in in his big compound? Come on, man. Oh, did you see that book Joe Concha put out? Come on, man. No, I didn't even see the book. When did it come yeah, out? Yeah, Joe Concha, he's great. He put out a book, come on, man, the the terrible, horrible Biden presidency, something like that, like horrible, terrible, unbelievable presidency of Joe Biden. Well, Joe, as we know, is maybe I'll start calling again. I was, you know, kind of, I heard that Gary guy say, what happened to him? I, I'm still out here. Well, that's a good thing. Worried that our country's going down, and I hope other people get the message. Vinny will call now, look, he's crazy, man. You know, Vinny sounds intelligent. I can't believe 
his views. I really can't. Oh, he works. He always talks about his job and stuff. I don't understand people who work that don't see how bad these policies are. They're just terrible. Well, the good news is inflation is coming down. Yeah. Inflation's eight points. So what do you mean it's It's down? not eight percent anymore. It's come down. No, no. The annual rate of inflation is is down compared to two months ago. We're, so we're, the progress is being made thanks to the Fed. Uh, no, no, that's that's been as usual. All right, maybe I'll start calling. All right, call. all right. Good. Thanks for checking in. You drive me out of my mind. <laughs> well, what what we need though, I'll I'll accept that. By the way, but what we really need is someone to try to keep me honest. Yeah, that's what I figure, but then other people don't, don't back me up. They just, well, whatever. Like uh, that Rob from Port Crane, I really liked his views. He just said a heck with it, I think. I haven't, you know, I, I think he just quit calling completely or listening. Or, no, I don't think he listens anymore. I, you know, he's probably like like those uh, elected officials. He just doesn't like my attitude, I, I guess. I know. Why don't you try to curtail that a little bit, and people like you better. Well, you saw when we met that one time up at Round Top, we had, we had a good conversation. Couldn't be long because I was on my way to Binghamton, but you saw my attitude when I'm not on the air. I just left there. Yeah, but why should your attitude be so different? I was just over there, beautiful, cool. We went for a walk, went down to Grippen Park. Some girls down there planting shrubs along the riverbank or up on the bank there, up in the river with the bowl on. When was that? This morning? Yeah, I talked to this girl. She goes, oh, I'm planting uh, some kind of Broome County program they have persimmon and a couple other ideas. I said, what the heck's a persimmon? We got talking. And- what time was that? Oh, 9.30. Oh, okay, because I was on my way through. That was the uh, route. I, w- I almost turned down there. But if you were there at 9.30, of course, I would have missed oh. you. But I, I, w- I almost, I'm serious, I almost stopped over there at 8.30 to see what was going on at the park. And then I thought to myself, well, nothing's going on because they haven't started the big um, park improvement project yet. But it turns out I should have stopped down there to see. Yeah, uh, I'm on top of it. I know. You're going to oh, be. I stopped at, I you... stopped at Burn Dairy and got one of those uh, breakfast pizza bacon. Oh, my God, are they good. I've never had one. Oh, try them. They're $3, but I'm telling you, they are really good. So you know what I did yeah, instead? You, you're out early. Stop and grab a pizza. They got right. sausage and egg, bacon and egg. All right. I like the bacon and egg. Yeah, that would be the one I would choose. Size. All right. Well, so what I did, so I was driving down there uh, at the intersection of West Main Street and Grippen Avenue, and I stopped there, and I'm looking. There's the church on the one corner, and then I look down the street, and I'm thinking, should I go down to Grippen Park to see if they're doing anything? And then I thought, nah, they're probably not doing anything. So I just went directly over to uh, the cider mill and picked up donuts for... Um, James Kelly and Kathy White, the other people here. I still oh, haven't even yeah. well, had. I still I haven't had a donut. That's how good I am. They've. I'll. I'll have to go to the break room to see if any donuts are left. Oh God, they're good. Mm. All right. Mm-mm. All right. Hey, I, I. You know, I just wish you were more fair with the Republicans. I, you know how. Oh, I. I, I understand. I understand. I'm just glad you checked in. All right. Take All right. care. Take care. 11.42 with Bob Joseph at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. News Radio 12.
be the day I drop out of school. Forty-four, looking for one honest, hurdy gurdy man. My search will continue at noon today. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number, and you can also send email to Bob at WNBF dot com. Uh, oh, so. Oh, Gary. <laughs> Gary from the West Side checked in. Yes, he was He was very pleased with the development. Okay. That's what I love about this program. No episode of this program is ever the same. Ever. Oh, and Pete from Endicott, or wherever, I don't know if he's how much time he spends in Endicott, but Pete uh, is listening today with uh, some information about what's going on on Front Street. Thank you, Pete, for that info. And Pete points out, says, I seldom get to listen to your show anymore due to my new job and miss it greatly. All the best. Thank you, Pete. That's one of the challenges of running this program over the years you get familiar with a lot of people. And sometimes you don't hear from them. And then sometimes you think, well, I hope they're okay. And it turns out sometimes they move or sometimes they get a new job. And they can't keep in touch the way they used to. So thank you, Pete from Endicott or wherever you're spending most of your time now. Who knows? Maybe... Maybe he'll find something in New England that would be of interest to me at some point. Wink, wink. <laughs> Let's see. Let's take some calls. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Beverly, from town of Texas. Hey there. What's up? Well, not much. How are things going? Oh, they're getting better each day. I, I, got, I got a new walker, and I love it. This one you can put your hands on, and it almost goes to your height. Yeah. I know. So I do you, like it. Actually, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So you do know. you have do you have any specific plans coming up for for the weekend? Oh, yes. Well, um, yeah, we're going to uh, Newark Valley. I think they got something going on on October the first and second. They do. They do. And uh, by the way, we're going to have something on the program, I think. Let me just check. I think on. Oh, it's the Apple Festival. We're going to, on uh, Thursday's program, tune in at 10.15 because we're going to have all the information you need about the Apple Festival in Newark Valley, okay? Yeah. 
Stay. You guys are talking about the telephone. I remember the first telephone we had in our house, and uh, every time you picked it up, uh, some some woman was rattling on about her church. Some was rattling on about their neighbor, and uh, being a little stinker, I used to sit and with a telephone in my hand, and I'd listen to what the women were talking about until my mother caught me one day. I said, Mommy, I said, some of those ladies, they talk nice. And, and, I, and I said that and some of them, they're not God's words, Mom. So you were listening, because for uh, people not familiar... The phone company used to have something called the party line, right? It was on the party line where you could hear all this stuff. Yeah, we had that. We had them for a long time, and I said, "Mom, I said, how come we don't have our own telephones? Yeah, you know, our private lines." And then all of a sudden, they started coming out. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say in the seventies, sixties, I think. Uh, yeah, when when we phone. when we lived in Endwell, we were on the party line, and it always used to irk me if I wanted to call someone. If somebody was on the party line, it's like, why are you talking? I have an urgent call that must be placed, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, I got and oh, I'm telling you, it was ridiculous, and uh, and then the part then the private lines. I think they come out about the 60s. Well, it, yeah, I'm I looking up the... According according to the Internet, it says most people who are part of the Bell system, because that's yeah. what the, the phone... The phones were operated part of the Bell system. That's when phones worked like a charm. We remember that, oh, yeah. right? Because I think... I think when I was a kid, I don't think the phone ever stopped working. I mean, yes, we were on a party line, but the thing about the phone is you could pick it up. Even when there was a power failure, the phone system yeah, had its own that's power. Right. So sometimes I thought it was great, you know, if the electricity would go out because of a big blackout, you could still call people and talk about the blackout. But these days, because of all the technological advances, Half the time, it seems, our phones don't work when we need them. Am I right? True. Yeah. Have Have you noticed how sometimes even on a radio program, you would think, with all the money we spend on technology, you would think that we would have phones that would work all the time. That's right. But if you thought that way, you would be proven wrong. Yep. You know who needs to investigate? Chuck Schumer. Oh, he does a lot of investigating. Yeah, he investigates a lot, but what does he actually do? You know, you ask lots of questions, and then you have your investigators put together a report, but it, does it ever do any good? Uh, 99%, 9% no. So if he can be focused on the dangerous metal grill brushes with their bristles and how they'll 
hurt or kill people. And if he could be focused on the growing threat of rainbow fentanyl, why can't he look into the unreliability of telephone service in America? Why can't he do that? Well, we got to keep keep writing them letters and telling them that he's got he's got to he's got to start doing things extra things right. That's a good thing. That, that would be uh, if somebody's listening. Maybe they could write him a note and ask him to uh, do things for the people to find out what's wrong with telephones these days and, and why they're so unreliable. Every year, every year when I was a little girl, I used to always get uh, a birthday card, a birthday wishes from from uh, Eisenhower and Truman. I used to get a, a one every year for my birthday. And oh, really? I ain't giving them away. I'm not selling them or nothing. Yeah, well, it'd be nice if you got a birthday card from President Biden. Uh, I did get a letter from... I did get... My sister got one for her... One for her 85th birthday. And I, uh... I can't... I, I think... No, it wasn't there. Oh, I think she got one from Obama. That sounds like something he would do. Barack Obama, I think, was the last real friendly president that this country had. Right. Because the presidents we've had in recent years, I'd say over the last five or six years, the presidents we've had, I, I don't think they really want to extend birthday wishes to most Americans. No. Which is too bad. I think every American ought to get a letter or maybe a birthday card from the president. Yep. Every year. All right, Bob, I'll, wait. I'll be waiting for Thursday. All right. All right. It should be interesting. We'll have more information about the Newark Valley Apple Festival coming up at 10.15 on Thursday morning right here on News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Now, earlier, I promised... Well, I don't know that it was a promise, but earlier I suggested we would hear my conversation with broadcast legend Bill Parker. Of course, that's when the phones weren't working, and I thought, as opposed to just talking endlessly for the hour, that I would play the interview with Bill Parker. Well, turns out the phone started to work, and then it was important to talk with some of our listeners, so... We didn't play the Bill Parker interview. Let me just play the first couple of minutes of it, and maybe at some point in the future we'll run the whole thing. All right? So this is just the start of a conversation from 2015 with Bill Parker, who joined us in this studio here on WNBF. It is a great pleasure to welcome back to News Radio 1290 WNBF and the Binghams Now program, the one and only Bill Parker. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for uh, inviting me to come down and be on your program. A lot has happened uh, during the beginning of this year. The months are flying by. Time is flying by. And I was introduced to... Uh, 
uh, the New York City Broadcasting Association's announcement that I was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I fainted. I don't know. I, I just got very exci- excited. That it, this has never happened in, in, in this southern tier area to have a representative in the Hall of Fame. And I got the announcement uh, from the New York City Committee, and uh, they sent me through all the paperwork. Then they sent through a team of uh, recording interview people. In fact, they, they showed up just last week up at Channel 12 up in Carpathian Hill in Johnson City. Yep. And we met up there, and we did a lot of recording. We did a lot of interviews and put pictures together and thoughts together and interviews for about an hour and a half. The young lady was very nice. The photographer was a real professional. I believe they were a private contractor working for the committee. But nonetheless, after that, we went to lunch. After lunch, we came up to my home. Oh, you told me. They, they actually wanted yeah. to... Uh, so I had to clean the kitchen. And there, there you go. And take all the, the trash out. So, and, and you also were able to go through uh, a lot of your uh, broadcasting memorabilia too. You mentioned that uh, they, they were interested in seeing some of the um, photographs and other yeah, mementos they, they, that they had took accumulated. a big. They took a big package of uh, pictures and material. So that was part of our conversation, just the beginning of our conversation with Bill Parker from April 2015, and at some point, I think we'll broadcast more of it, maybe just in parts or maybe the uh, interview in its entirety. Of course, you can look it up. It's actually posted on YouTube. And In fact, if you're following us on Twitter, I will uh, tweet out the link so you don't have to search for it on YouTube and you can see the entire video with Bill Parker and me in the studio on WNBF. Our lions. And that is the program for today. Tune in tomorrow. See what happens then. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton.